Hey y'all, welcome to the Lead Her Ship podcast. I'm Brittany Howard, a mama of six and top leader of a multi-million dollar team, and I love to talk about leadership topics that maximize our impact in our homes, relationships, and in the marketplace as we endeavor to juggle all of our responsibilities well. This podcast is for Christian mamas who either are leaders in network marketing or who aspire to be. I have coached a lot of people to the six-figure level and beyond, and I'm going to share with you here what I share with my team that has helped us build this business with a long-term focus in mind and have very meaningful relationships throughout the journey. We're going to dive into the emotions and thoughts that come with building a business. We're going to deal with relationship dynamics that come with leading a team, especially when your team happens to be your actual friends. We're going to discuss ways to help your team catch the bigger vision with you and how to coach them to success. And we're going to do it all through a biblical lens. Okay, welcome back. So last week we talked about a million dollar mindset and how the number one quality in thinking of a high performer is optimism. And we talked about what optimism is, what it isn't. Essentially, it is the belief that it can be done. It's all figure outable. And what it is not is that it's not replacing negativity with denial of reality. Essentially, It is the belief that it's going to work out. You're going to get there even when problems arise. Dr. Henry Cloud states that a positive and optimistic brain is a productive, energized brain ready to explore new ideas and to grapple with hard problems. Does that not sound like the perfect description of exactly What happens inside someone's mind when they catch the vision for what this network marketing opportunity could mean for them and their family? Productive, energized, ready to explore new ideas and grapple with hard problems? That sounds like somebody who has caught the vision. They are seeing possibilities and they are ready to take on some new challenges and go after it. On top of that, neuroscience researchers have also demonstrated that the anticipation of a good outcome produces the chemical dopamine. Do you guys know what all dopamine does? Well, among other things, dopamine helps the brain be awake and interested, which are characteristics super, super important to your performance. So you can see how this brain chemistry would lead to things like creativity, productivity, motivation, or problem solving. Let's talk about the opposite of that. Did you know that fear and stress brain chemistry actually shut down our thinking? So if you are in a situation where it seems like that no matter what you do, negative things keep happening, like it's chronic and ongoing, your brain chemistry can actually change. And the result of that is a change in how you process experiences. So your brain is going to tell you, do nothing because it's not going to make any difference anyway. And you can start to believe that since you don't have any control, you may as well just give up. There were some experiments done on dogs in the 1960s 
where they took two groups of dogs. The first group, they put in a chamber where they were administered some shocks. And the dogs, no matter what they did, they could not escape the shocks. And then in the second group, they did the same thing. They administered shocks, but the dog could actually escape the shocks by jumping. Then in the second phase of the experiment, they placed the dogs in a new setting and they administered shocks again. And what they found was that only the group of dogs that had learned that they could escape their condition by jumping the first time jumped in the second phase. The group of dogs who had learned their helplessness in the first phase of the experiment did not even try to escape the electric shocks that were administered by the experimenters. Those dogs just seemed to kind of give up and passively accept the fact that there was nothing that they could do about it, even though there was something that they could do about it. Now, obviously, humans are not dogs. We are way more complex beings than dogs. However, I do think we can draw some parallels here about what happens in the brain when certain thoughts are accepted as beliefs. It literally affects your brain chemistry. So if the belief that it can be done and it can be figured out even when problems arise leads to things like productivity, creativity, motivation, energy, a brain ready to explore new ideas and grapple with hard problems, a mind that is awake and interested, and in contrast to that, fear and stress brain chemistry literally shuts down your creative thinking and problem-solving stops, then it's very clear why the Bible tells us that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, and that whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So this experiment with these dogs, it points to a condition that we call learned helplessness. And it's why when you're in a situation where it seems like no matter how hard you work, you can't get your points to go up. Or no matter how many people you talk to about the business opportunity, you can't get anyone interested in catching the vision and doing this with you. Or no matter how many people you enroll, you lose just as many. Or no matter how many times you set that goal for that trip or that top prize, you once again did not earn it. If you don't take the time to think about what you are thinking about and evaluate and choose your thoughts and dwell on the true ones, then you will be very prone to learned helplessness. Now, learned helplessness is a type of thinking that high performers avoid at all costs. And here are some different forms of helpless thinking. This is how it plays out in network marketing. The first one is you tend to personalize things, which means you miss a goal 
as in you didn't earn something, you didn't hit that rank you were going for, you, your points go backwards, or you couldn't get anybody to join after you put the work in, or people stop ordering after 90 days and your retention is bad, or you reached out to 50 people about the business opportunity and you just couldn't get anyone interested, or your team was excited, but now they're fizzling out. And in response to any of those situations, you begin to think thoughts like this. I suck. I can't do this. Maybe I'm not cut out for this. Why did I think I could even do this? I must not be blank enough. Fill in that blank with whatever your version of this thought is. Must not be smart enough. Must not be beautiful enough. Must not be good enough or any other form of I'm not capable or I'm not good enough, no one wants to join me. Guys, when you personalize your missed goals or your missed opportunities or your fail forwards, when you make them personal and you make it mean something about you not being good enough in some way, Imagine how that would apply to a baby who is trying to learn how to walk. This business is a set of skills that anybody can learn. You don't have to take a college class in order to get good at it. However, you do have to take the time to learn the skills. And oftentimes the way you learn it is by being willing to be bad at it so that you can get good at it. It takes practice. Most people... And I would venture to say over 90% of people are not naturally good at this when they first start. I definitely was not, which is probably why I sat at Silver for 20 months, Silver being the very first rank in the company. If you personalize these things and you make it mean something about how you're not good enough in some way, shape, form, or fashion... How do you think that's going to affect your creativity, your motivation, your problem solving? What if instead you approached these things like a baby learning to walk? This is just a set of skills that anybody can learn and get good at. I just have to keep trying. Eventually, I will get it. I may not get it as quickly as some other people get it. Again, that doesn't necessarily mean something personal about me. Maybe I'm not one that's walking at eight months old like I see some of these other babies around me doing. Maybe I don't walk until I'm 15 months old. But who's to say that I'm not going to be the valedictorian in high school? Just because I walked a few months later does not mean anything for the long term. For most average babies, the age or speed at which that baby learns one of the most basic skills of all of human life, which is learning to walk, bears no indication of what that child is going to go on to achieve later on in life. And the same is true here. Successful people in this business avoid personalizing things. They instead will think thoughts like, okay, I missed that goal, but I'm going to persist and I'm going to figure out how to make this happen. I know there must be a solution. If other people can do it, I can do it. I'm going to figure out how. A second form of helpless thinking is making something pervasive. 
meaning it's not just this thing that's going wrong, it's everything. It's when we allow one bad incident or one negative thought to spill over into every other area like a cancer. For example, two people turning off their subscription orders this week becomes everyone's turning off their subscriptions plus no one wants to work the business. I witnessed another example of this on a Zoom with some team members one time right after we had a new product launch and had one team member say, this product is causing all of my people to get sick. I don't know what's going on. So I was like, interesting, all of them? How many have you sold? And she said, six. And I'm like, wow, all six feel sick from this product? And she was like, well, actually, no, two of them do. And then another team member say, all of my people are loving this new product. And I'm like, wow, all of them? How many have you sold? And she said, six. And I'm like, wow, all six really love it? Well, actually, four of them reordered, but two of them said that it made them feel sick. Same exact numbers, but completely different perspective, right? So the first team member is totally focused on the 30% who did not like the product. She's dwelling on it, and she completely made it pervasive. The other team member is focused on the 70% who do like it and had completely forgotten about the 30% who did not. So it is important to be aware that what you focus on does expand. It will become bigger in your mind. It's just like if you get a brand new white Lexus and you're riding down the road and suddenly you see all of the other white Lexus cars on the road. Does it mean that suddenly more people have white Lexus vehicles? No, it doesn't. It just means that now that's what you're focused on. And so you see more of it. It becomes pervasive in your thinking. And negative thoughts can do the same thing. But so can positive ones. And the choice is yours. You do have to make a choice. Here are some other examples of pervasive thinking. It's not just this product. It's all of the products. Or it's not just me not ranking up. Everyone is stuck. Or how about when you have someone be rude to you on social media and then suddenly you start to believe that everyone thinks what that one person thinks. See how quickly and easily we just tend to dwell on the things that bother us and make it pervasive? Or how about that one or two days out of the entire month where you think nothing is going well? It's not just this one problem. There's a problem in every area. Everything I'm doing is failing. I'm not good at anything. I'm failing as a business owner, a wife, and a mother. Ladies, you know which days I'm talking about. And like my favorite preacher, Vody Bauckham, often says, if you can't say amen, you ought to say ouch, right? We're all guilty sometimes. And sometimes just simply being aware of these things is all you need to make the choice to change it and be in control of it. Okay, and the third form of helpless thinking is making it permanent. So you lose hope because you think it's never going to change. You don't see the situation as something that can or will change or that can be figured out. You just see the situation as this is the way it is and therefore it's the way it always will be. 
This is when you start to think thoughts, sometimes on a subconscious level, like nothing's going to be any different, so why even try? And these are the types of thoughts that lead you to feel things like hopelessness. And this is what causes people to quit. Do you see how these thought patterns are truly toxic, not just to your work, but to your life If you want to be truly successful in every area of your life, it will always start with your thinking. Any result that you aspire to have in your life will be created twice. The first time in your mind and the second time in reality. Okay, so to sum it all up for today, number one quality of thinking in high performers is the belief that it can be done. Even when obstacles arise, it's all figure-outable. High performers avoid helpless thinking at all costs. They are going to avoid personalizing things when it didn't go the way they wanted it to go. They're going to avoid pervasive thinking and taking specific isolated incidents, but allowing it to spill over into every other area, which then leads you to believe that the problem is way bigger than it actually is. And they're going to avoid making things permanent. They do not believe that just because this is the way it is right now means that it's the way it always will be. They believe that it's figure-outable. Because it is. If other people can do this, you absolutely can do this too. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Be sure to check out my website, BrittanyHoward.com, for more content on the blog. And if this was at all valuable to you today, could you do me a favor and share it? Don't forget to tag me. Talk to you soon.